Hello everybody, I hope you're doing well as usual. Today I'm going to share one of the steps that I take to teach this direct path to self-realization. And this has to do with something that is a sort of distinction that we have to make for, for analysis, for study, for really understanding what our experience is. And it's an arbitrary distinction that we make between mind and consciousness. You see, so far, everything that we have known is mind because that is actually the only thing to know. The only thing to know in terms of experience or objective experience, to be more precise. And so we need to take a step back into the simplicity of things, into the truth of what our experience is made out of. And you see, because we have been so mixed up with the content of our experience, we believe that everything that exists is, well, this impermanent reality. So that's why we make a distinction between what is the mind, the activity of the mind, and consciousness. Because consciousness is not something that you can experience as objective. Consciousness is the reason why you have objective experience. In other words, we realize that awareness or consciousness is prior to experience. But because the only thing that we can experience is objective reality, then we only know objective reality. And we don't take this step into noticing that there is something there is prior to experience, and that is awareness. Now, at this point in our, in our investigation, we start to realize something. This consciousness is very, very close to the sense of self, to the sense of me, of I. And you begin to see your true identity. This is why this is one of the first steps that we take in the direct path, because in the first phase that I use to explain this process, we are concerned with knowing who we truly are, to find out, to reveal the true self that we are. And this has to go beyond, or prior to actually, not beyond, but prior to experience. This is why I call it the inner phase, the inner phase of knowing who you are. And so that distinction, I always mention it, is an arbitrary distinction, because in the end, mind and consciousness are actually the same thing, but we don't want to confuse ourselves at this point. And so we make an arbitrary distinction to say there is mind, which is, uh, it's moving, it's, um, it's changing, it's what creates this impermanence that we call reality. And then there is consciousness, which is prior to. In other words, I need consciousness. I need to be aware first. Awareness is needed in order to be an objective reality in order to be movement, in order to have uh, things to experience. That's because I am always aware of experience, whatever that may be. But we never find experience in the absence of awareness, which means that experience must come out of awareness. Experience must be uh, preceded by awareness. So. This distinction is a very helpful one because it brings us to that 
closeness, closeness, that intimate self that we truly are, and we start to see more and more this self for what it is. You know, like I said at the beginning, this is not a true experience that we can have, meaning that uh, there is nothing to experience in awareness. That's why we say void, we say stillness, we say spaciousness or even silence, because there's nothing there. But there is nothing because that's the mind trying to analyze it. And at this point, it's perfectly okay that we use the mind to try to conceptualize what's happening there. And now what's interesting is that when we try to conceptualize it, we find a blank space. We find silence, stillness, nothingness. Because the mind, when it tries to objectify it, it can't find anything. Consciousness seems to be empty. And it needs to be, just like space naturally is empty. We don't empty space. Space is naturally empty. You see, objects come into existence within space. And so space, we can say that is prior to, this is still a dualistic way to see reality, but it's okay for analysis. And our language is by default dualistic. We can't do anything about that. But it helps create the idea that yes, space is space and objects are existing in space, you see. But space is not empty. Space is full of objects. Just like consciousness is not empty, is full of experience. That is the fullness of life. That is when it's taken into account as a whole, we can see that this is it. You know, this is the ultimate experience. To be alive is the ultimate experience. But we start to suffer life and experience when we get mixed up with it, when our identity, our true self, is actually involved in the activity of consciousness. And so we say that we have displaced ourselves into a false identity, and that we call the ego or the separate self. Lately, I have been calling it the confused self because there are no other selves out there. There is only the self and this self, when it gets lost in its experience, then it's called the confused self. And this is why, coincidentally, Ra calls this the law of confusion, which is the same law of free will. But this law of confusion is related to our ignorance, our unknowing of who we truly are. So what we do is that we simply take this step back into the recognition of what does my experience actually feels like? What is it like to just be? And so because we begin with the mind and we go into this nothingness, we start to explore this nothingness. And now, within the stillness, within this nothingness, there is still something. There is something vibrant in there. There is something that we begin to feel very close to it. And that is the feeling of peace, initially. And when we reside enough time in this peace, in other words, when we return over and over again 
to the self, we find that this peace becomes a sort of joy. It's actually great to be at peace. And instead of calling it joy, we can also use what the Buddhists call end of suffering. There is no suffering there. There's only quiet, peaceful life. And with enough time, we'll recognize that this peace that is also no suffering or joy, if you want to use that word, becomes that which we know as appreciation, gratitude or love. All of these words are referring to the same state, which is the natural state of the mind, is the source of the mind, you see? And it only takes a couple of steps within this direct path to realize what you are. And so, like I said at the beginning of this video, we make this distinction for studying purposes only. Not, there's no real distinction between mind and consciousness other than the recognition that there is a difference between source and manifested. But it is one and the same thing. We become aware that that which I actually am is prior to any experience and the feeling of I am remains the same, regardless of whatever is happening in this, in the impermanence of reality. We are beginning to go back to the essence of self, which is immutable, is imperturbable. This is the true self. We need to renounce. This is the, the term that is used in religions as surrender. We need to renounce our association with the activity of the mind, with the activity that we call reality. Our association with it is beginning to die. That's the death of the ego. You've probably heard this too. Um, and it's no coincidence that one of the first steps that I have prior to this in the direct path is the dissolution of the ego or the recognition of the ego which starts its dissolution because the recognition of the ego is the truth or the light shining on the shadow to reveal that the shadow was not a thing. The shadow was just the absence of light. In this case, we're using the metaphor for the absence of awareness. You were not aware of who you were you're not aware of that which you are not. And as you become aware of this, then the distinction between mind and consciousness become, becomes obvious. It's just uh, part of your reality. It's not something far-fetched or that it needs some sort of mind alteration or some sort of practice. It's just a recognition of what, what's happening. Uh, not even who you are, but what this is. What is reality? You see? And so the shining of awareness onto everything reveals because it's the truth. It's the only truth that exists is that we are aware. Shining this awareness to it reveals what is. So this is the distinction between mind and consciousness that we are interested in 
only for studying purposes and to see that, yes, there is a reality that is always changing. There is a body which extends as uh, this whole observable universe. And then there is this mind which seems to create uh, compartments of events, and that's called time. And so we have space and time. But prior to all of this, there is pure awareness. And when I investigate myself, I realize that that's what I am. I am that awareness. You see? And this is why I believe it was Rumi who said, I look for God and I only found myself. I look for myself and I only found God. Because it's one and the same thing. This is the true meaning of the Creator. You are the Creator in a manifested form to experience itself. It's that simple. And we can corroborate this at any time without the assistance of anybody or anything just by being aware. So this distinction, arbitrary as it is, brings a lot of insight into this process of self-realization for the purpose of living from that peace, joy, appreciation, gratitude, or simply love. I hope this was helpful to you in this path and that it makes sense to the thinking mind because that's the first one that we need to please and appease to a degree because that's what's going to bring awareness to its source or attention to its source, which is awareness. I have nothing else to share today but just this. I hope you have a fantastic uh, remaining day or night and I'll see you in the next video.